0: No matter in life what you try to do, you're dead too. Hello, and welcome to You're Dead Too, the podcast about our shared inevitable demise. I am your host, John Toyson, and this week on the program, we have a summer break. As I said uh, recently on the podcast, I was actually going to be taking the month of July off to kind of recoup, recalibrate, and uh, plan ahead for the rest of the calendar year and see what we can do, so in doing so, uh, accommodating for some travel and some things that I have going on. I'm just going to be doing a little more lighthearted hearted uh, subject matter that can be still kind of on-brand, but just a little less intensive and a little less navel-gazing. So, What I wanted to do today was talk about unusual deaths. Most of this is just going to be called from Wikipedia because it's a really fun list of weird stuff. But it doesn't involve gruesome, really unpleasant subject matter as much as it does just uh, highlight the absurdity of the ways in which people can meet their demise. Because frankly, we can talk about all the seriousness of this that we want, but it's this kind of absurd, everybody's got to go sometime notion that... It's not always going to be dignified, and it's not always going to be pretty. Uh, so what I'll be doing is just going through and highlighting some of my favorites and talking a bit about them. But if you can't already tell, I obviously am dealing with something with my voice. I don't know exactly what's happening, but I am uh, coming off of the 4th of July weekend here with something uh, <laughs> having changed in my throat. I don't know if I'm under the weather or if I'm just dealing with too much woohooing during the 4th of July Uh, It was very, very Stranger Things-esque. I was with uh, friends and family at a small-town fair here. Uh, Spent some time riding the Ferris wheel and bumper cars, and it was very picturesque and idyllic. It was really fun. So it was a great way to have uh, some celebration with friends and family, but I am still paying for it, apparently, and my voice has not fully recovered. So bear with me, and I will try to... uh Edit accordingly and drink as much warm tea as I can. So I will uh, jump right to it. As always, if you've got any thoughts, comments, feedback, uh, interesting stories to share, please write into yourdead2 at gmail.com. I'm happy to hear it. And, uh, you know, submissions are open. I'm happy to talk about whatever you'd like to submit to the podcast to see if it's of uh, interest to the other listeners. And if you want to search us out on Twitter or Instagram, we're there on uh, yourdead2.com on twitter and at yourdead2 on instagram easily findable dm should be open but beyond that i'm really happy to hear the feedback that i've gotten on recent episodes brett was a lot of fun to talk to i've got some more people coming on that'll be uh, really exciting to hear from so with that being said let's just hop right to it so like i said this is going to be some of the lists uh, selections of this is going to be a selection from the list of most unusual deaths, uh, as noted on Wikipedia, and I, I want to go into antiquity because I know for my sake that if I were to have some kind of embarrassing like pigeon crashing into my mouth and like oh my god he choked on a bird to die that's what happened. I think that would be of enough merit that I would want people to talk about that and get a get a bit of a laugh out of it to make the misery of losing somebody a little easier. So I don't want to cause any pain and suffering to the estates of so and so or anybody living today because, frankly, they've you know recently been through it or you know I don't want to bring shame on anybody's family name. So what I'm doing is highlighting some of the antiquity, Middle Ages deaths that are somehow recorded, tracked, you know, written down, and noteworthy to oh my god how did this happen so without further ado first on the list is draco of athens in 620 bc draco an athenian lawmaker was reportedly smothered to death by gifts of cloaks and hats showered upon him by the appreciative citizens at a theater in aegina he was so adored and the crowd was so into him that they kept throwing cloaks and hats until he was smothered at what point do you draw back as an audience and say that's a pretty big pile. Does—has anybody see? has he—is he under there? Do we need to be worried about him, guys? Guys, do we need to—horrifying thought. In the tradition of public debate, creating absurd standards that people are holding themselves to, comes uh, Carondas. Carondus was a Greek lawgiver from Sicily. According to the Diodorus Siculus, he issued a law that anyone who brought weapons into the assembly must be put to death. Um, this was late 7th to early 5th century BC, hard to pinpoint the date. One day, he arrived at the assembly after hunting in the countryside with a knife still attached to a belt. In order to uphold his unlaw, law, he committed suicide. So, whenever you have somebody on the internet arguing with you about, well, actually, if we were to... This is the extent that those kind of nerds want to take it to, like, oh, I must have honor to... Like, okay, I get it. Settle down. Clearly a mistake. Maybe just leave for the day, you know, and come back? It doesn't seem like it was of, you know, intent of malice, but here we are a thousand years, two thousand years later talking about it and saying maybe maybe he was being too hard on himself. Pythagoras of Samos. Ancient sources disagree on how the Greek philosopher Pythagoras died, uh, 495 B.C., but one late and probably apocryphal legend reported by both Diogenes, uh, a third-century... A.D., biographer of famous philosophers, and Iamblichus, a Neoplatonist philosopher, states that Pythagoras was murdered by his political enemies. So supposedly, he almost managed to outrun them, like he was being pursued by political enemies because his ideas were so dangerous. And he came to a bean field and refused to run through it because he had prohibited beans as ritually unclean. Now, I don't know exactly what ritually unclean would have been to Pythagoras. But for him to preach that to his devotees, maybe it's because they sprout and they grow out of the ground. I don't know. It seems a little hard. Beans are pretty common all over the world these days. You don't have to worry about beans being unclean as long as they're grown and washed properly. Um, But since cutting through the field would violate his own teachings, Pythagoras simply stopped running and was killed as a result. So you just ran into a wall that you put up yourself. Like, that seems... sure, noble, but also incredibly short-sighted. You know, maybe life is not something to be clutched onto and held onto and thought of as, you know, must be preserved at all costs, no matter the cost of honor, but it was a field of beans. I think he could have just, like, washed yourself if they're unclean. But again, that's describing my own uh, personal views onto what he would have been going through at the time. <laughs> a particular favorite of mine is Heraclitus of Ephesus. According to one account given by Diagonus, the Greek philosopher Heraclitus was said to have been devoured by dogs after smearing himself with cow manure in an attempt to cure his dropsy. So, let's step back a second. This is 475 B.C., Great civilizations have come and gone since then. The Egyptians, uh, multiple courts of pharaohs. We've had the advent of technology and mathematics in the Middle East. We have... Uh... <laughs> he had dropsy, which, uh, best to my knowledge, is not a pleasant condition. Um, it's the accumulation of fluid. It's, it's basically incredibly painful. It causes pitting when you apply pressure to small areas. Um, in an attempt to cure it, I don't know if this was his own idea or if this was suggested by another quote-unquote doctor or surgeon at the time, or barber, I suppose it would have been, uh, covered himself in cow manure. So right there, he's desperate enough to head to toe cover himself in cow manure, which I spent a lot of time on my grandparents' farm as a child is not pleasant. I know that seems like it's stating the obvious, but it's something where you see like, at a fair or a carnival, you see up oh, cow pie, and it's like gross, and you step around it, and it kind of smells, but like no en masse, you know, a, a large volume of manure is really, really offensive, and I would not, uh, I would not recommend anybody uh, cover themselves head to toe. But uh, if that's what your professional or, you know, personal religious inklings lead you toward, maybe that's the new trend suggested by Goop. I'm not here to judge. However, I do think it was incredibly funny that he covered himself head to toe in cow shit at a bunch of feral dogs in the area were like, Hey, do you? What? Oh my God, that smells amazing. You guys, I'm gonna go for it and this pack of dogs just ripping him apart. He was covered in manure. He could not have tasted good. Animals don't like the taste of... Well, so <laughs> that's that's particularly horrifying. That's a highlight for me. I think that's absurd and very upsetting. Um, according to Valerius Maximus, in 455 BC, Aeschylus, A.E.S. C-H-Y-L-U-S, Aeschylus, or Aeschylus, I don't speak Greek or Latin, and uh, these pronunciations are a bit beyond me. Um, According to Valerius, Aeschylus, the eldest of the three great Athenian tragedians, was killed by a tortoise, dropped by an eagle, that had mistaken his bald head for a rock suitable for shattering the shell of the reptile. So... I'm sorry to anybody suffering from follicle loss. I know the journey that you've been going on is a difficult one because society places a great deal of importance on physical appearance, and I myself have a full head of hair, and I don't mean to lord that over anybody who is suffering from the loss of hair. However, you've been dealt enough of a personal blow that you're uncomfortable about it. Um, Furthermore, Pliny, in Naturalis Historiae, added that Askylas had been staying outdoors to avert a prophecy that he'd be killed by a falling object. So (laughs) somebody had prophesied, hey, my bud, you're going to be getting killed by something falling. I don't know what, I don't know when. Something's going to fall and kill you. Watch out. His manner of dealing with that was, all right, we have ceilings in our structures, we have walls, we have things on shelves, we have large objects in these rooms, pillars, columns, whatever have you. Maybe I should get away from all of this and just be out under open sky, and that way nothing can fall on me. Obviously forgetting about the fact that, I don't know, all sorts of animals live in the sky. Uh, I mean, not like, you know what I mean. that There is a biome in the atmosphere of creatures that fly through it, and um, additionally trees fall in the forest that's one of the oldest joke philosophy things if a tree falls in the forest does anybody so this guy was like i got it i'm going to stay outside nothing's going to fall and hit my head <laughs> bird swoops down picks up a tortoise and is flying around looking for a perfect rock to drop it on but that's which is learned behavior in birds they've they've developed that skill over the course of thousands of years of evolution if they drop these hard things nuts you know reptiles or shells if they drop them on hard rocks they just crack right open <laughs> this bird flew overhead and thought got it perfect drops the tortoise and <laughs> it cracked in animal him on the head and it was a fatal blow it just killed by falling turtle as oh, who would have seen it coming in a stunning example of why heckling is never a good thing Antiphones. Uh Antiphones in three hundred ten BC was a renowned comic poet of the Middle Attic comedy. Um, according to the Suda, claims he died after being struck by a pear. So again, n- nobody wants to hear a heckler. Sit down. The comedian is on stage performing. There's no benefit to you interjecting. Chrysippus of Soli might be one of my favorites. Uh two hundred six BC, one ancient account of the death of Chrysippus a 3rd century B.C. Greek Stoic philosopher, <laughs> tells that he died of laughter after he see a donkey eating his figs. He told a slave to give, and I'm not condoning slavery, I, it, you know, just relating the facts as they were here, he told a slave to give the donkey neat wine to drink to wash them down with, and then, quote, according to the Diogenes Laertius, having laughed too much, he died. 206 BC, this guy sees a donkey eating figs and he's so excited about it that he asks a slave, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, this is amazing, go get him some wine, get him wine to drink with the, f- <laughs> to drink with the figs, look at him, he's drinking the wine, he's drinking the wine, he's drinking the wine and eating figs, and it just blew his mind so much that he just keeled over. I'm not saying I've been to that point, but it is just like go like i've gone to some stand-up comedy shows where they just get on a roll and like hit the right nerve that you just feel like it's laser guided in its accuracy and making you laugh and this is one of those things where this just struck him as so funny that he (laughs) he just couldn't stop and it kind of the nature oh god i'm i'm a horrible person i'm going to hell for all of this (laughs) he just saw the donkey eating figs and thought well i mean give him a cup of wine it wash it down and it just broke his brain and he died claudius drusus uh 20 a.d so now we are in the modern era uh, anno ano de post christ birth um this is a lesson for me to stop goofing off in front of my daughter because according to written text claudius drusus the eldest son of the future roman emperor claudius died while playing having tossed a pear high in the air when it came back he caught it in his mouth but he choked on it dying of asphyxia so I need to stop catching uh, grapes and popcorn in my mouth ASAP because I'd like to be around for my daughter. So good lesson there. That is the first account of some, I was going to say some dum dumb some person throwing food in the air, catching it in their mouth, and clearly choking on it. So if you're doing that like me, stop doing that. This is a little more grim, but in 258 AD, the deacon St. Lawrence was roasted alive on a giant grill during the persecution of Valerian. Uh, Prudentius tells that he joked to his tormentors, Turn me over, I'm done on this side. And he's now regarded as the patron saint of cooks, chefs, and comedians. So, uh, dude was hardcore. This seems like an odd bit of overkill. This is from 855 in the modern era. Ragnar Lodbrok, uh, a semi-legendary Viking leader whose exploits are narrated in the in the Ragnar Saga Lodbrucker. 3rd uh, century Icelandic saga is said to have been captured by Eila of Nothrombria, who had him executed by throwing him into a pit of snakes. I'm going to let that sit for a second. A pit of snakes. Yes, that's horrifying. That really strikes at the, you know, the, the reptilian thing in your brain of that animalistic, you see something slithering on the ground and just the, the primitive instinctual oh god get away aspect of it comes to life and you know you're reviled by it that seems to be the intent there because frankly one snake would have been enough I would think like (laughs) like just a weaponized snake like just hold it by the head hold it up to Ragnar have him bite Ragnar and then just you know put the snake back in the box or whatever you don't need a whole pit of snakes. Snakes aren't going to like chew him up like if it was like four bears, they would have like ripped him apart and it would have been horrific and violent. but a pit of snakes, that's just a bunch of little bites and again, you could do that with what like if why do you have the pit in the first place? That's a personal choice to have that pit of snakes that was they were into snakes. that's their point. that's their problem. Um, This actually has a a concrete date. November 30th, 1016, Edmund Ironside uh, was stabbed while sitting on the toilet by an assassin hiding underneath. That is horrible. But that is, no pun intended, dedication to your job. And I can't help but wonder, did he just stab him in the butt? Or was it, you know, you what? what's the plan there to crawl into the latrine and, like, wait for, how do you, how do you know it's the one you're looking for? And then what are you, st- like, are you, oh, God, just stabbing leg meat? What's, uh, yeah. guys, folks, please don't call the authorities on me. I'm horrified, too. (laughs) 13th of October, 1131 Crown Prince Philip of France died while riding through Paris when his horse tripped over a black pig running out of a dung heap. So, (laughs) I mean, he just didn't see it coming. It it might as well have been part of the dung heap, just came to life and shot out in front of him (laughs) like the horse was just, what the hell is that? And tripped over it. Uh, Honestly, what are the odds? Black pig. Okay, 31st of May, 1410. Martin of Aragon died from a combination of indigestion and uncontrollable laughing. So that's probably how I'm going to go to. According to the tradition, Martin was suffering from indigestion on account of eating an entire goose. While his favorite jester, Bora, entered the king's bedroom. He ate an entire goose. Now, I'm sure they don't mean beak... <laughs> feet and viscera or whatever but still no small feet I I don't know of a time in my life when I would have eaten an entire chicken and geese are larger than chicken so I don't want to judge too harshly but I don't know if I've ever consumed an entire bird on my own like that but uh Martin was suffering from indigestion obviously post goose and his favorite jester entered the king's bedroom. When Martin asked Boar where he'd been, the jester replied, Oh, out in the next vineyard, where I saw a young deer hanging by his tail from a tree, as if someone had punished him for stealing figs. I don't get the joke? Maybe it's the idea that, that, you know, deer don't abide by our laws, but the joke caused the king to die from laughter. So... I'm sure there was some kind of hemorrhaging or some kind of uh, stroke or some horrible thing, but the idea that, dude, you ate a goose, that's too much. Did you just eat it, like, on its own? Did you have sides with it? Don't eat an entire goose and then try to bust a gut laughing because this is clearly what happens. Ugh, George Plantagenet, 18th of February, fourteen seventy-eight, first Duke of Clarence. George was allegedly executed by drowning in a barrel of Malmsey wine, apparently by his own choice, once he accepted that he was going to be killed. I, you know, uh, there are many spirits and cocktails that I enjoy. I, but to be drowned in it is horrible. That's not just like, oh, here's a bottle of whiskey. Just drink this until you pass out and, you know, die of alcohol poisoning. That's drowning. Drowning is a horrible, painful way to go. Anybody that survived it have said it is terrible. They wouldn't wish it on anybody. It's incredibly painful. And this isn't water. This is wine. This would be even more painful. Dude, I get that you're dedicated to the brand, but yikes. That's too hardcore. Uh, There was the Dancing Plague of 1518, uh, July uh, 1518. um, Of the Holy Roman Empire, there were several heart attacks, strokes, and uh, cases of exhaustion that were fatal during the... The dancing plague, the dancing mania that occurred in Straussburg, Alsace. Um, There was this bizarre phenomenon where people would begin to dance. I don't know if it was a neurological component. I think, um, I want to say, there are are podcasts out there that have covered it, and I can't remember if the What If podcast covered it or not, but um, the dancing plague was this weird mania that it was just a contagious form of dancing and involuntary movements that caused people to just... You know flail and thrash and dance around that uh, worked people to the brink of death. There must have been some kind of parasite. I think it would have been some kind of uh, fungus that was transmittable. I don't know, but it it's just it's fascinating and it's not really the subject matter for this podcast and that it only tangentially is, is uh, related, but holy cow, just bizarre. Another instance of dying from laughing too hard twenty first of october fifteen fifty six the influential Italian author and libertine Pietro. Eratino is said to have died of suffocation from laughing too much at an obscene joke during a meal in Venice. Um, another version states that he fell from a chair from too much laughter, fracturing his skull. But again, laughing so hard that the consequences are fatal. I, I, That's not the worst way to go. But that's kind of the perfect, like, I mean, he's at a meal, he's having fun, he's having a good time with his friends. Somebody tells a joke and he laughs so hard he tips over, cracks his head, and go like... That's not the worst. In a warning to hipsters everywhere, uh, Hans Steininger, 1567, uh, the Burgomaster of Branau, which is now in Austria. Hans uh, died when he broke his neck by tripping over his own damn beard, which was at that time four and a half feet long. Uh, He usually kept it rolled up in a leather pouch, which both sounds more practical and disgusting. Uh, I don't know what the... I mean, I know that there are like yoga practices of growing your nails or, you know, things as a defiance to the physical body, but just having a super long beard, gross, don't, that's not, I mean, look, I've had a beard, they're awesome, they're great, but it it does hit an impracticality standpoint that you can take the occasional shave, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world if you groom yourself once in a while, so hipsters, please keep it trim, keep it tight, no need to end up like Hans. Jumping ahead a bit to February 12th, 1771, Adolf Frederick, the king of Sweden. So oh, hey, one of my people. I'm a Swede, a Norsky, um basically generic Northern European white guy. Um, but here's one of the kings of Sweden, Adolf. <laughs> For any Swedish listeners, I'm sorry, but this is amazing. 12th of February, 1771, after having consumed a meal of lobster, caviar, sauerkraut, smoked herring, and champagne topped off with 14 servings of his favorite dessert, which is semla, served in a bowl of hot milk called hetvag. Uh, He is remembered by Swiss school, or I'm sorry, he's remembered by Swedish school children as the king who ate himself to death. That sounds painful and also relatable. Um, Think of how difficult that would have been to get get all of those things back then only a king could have done that lobster caviar sauerkraut smoked herring and champagne just it all it sounds like you're trying to give yourself indigestion like how quickly can i make myself sick but those are all decadent indulgent foods at the time so what the hell um meal fit for a king unfortunately proved to be fatal um props that's you went out like a king i'll say that so that about covers it for a list of unusual deaths before getting to the modern age. Uh, again, I just don't want to be disrespectful to anybody who might have living relatives at this point, having uh, survived into the 19th century for some of these people, or the uh, rather the 20th century. We're coming up on like Topsy the Elephant and uh, Detective Pinkerton. Um, but knowing that, those are just some examples of life is short and absurd, and sometimes we... Life is short and absurd, and sometimes we don't get the most dignified way of going, uh, This one I just wanted this to be a bit of a a breakdown of... So this has been a recapping of some of the unusual deaths that I could find in Wikipedia that are my favorites from the larger list. There's still many that I didn't even touch on because they were particularly heinous or gruesome or just sad, but those were some of the more remarkable ones for me that I thought, oh my god, what is wrong with people? These are a lot of bizarre and preventable deaths that, frankly... (laughs) It's just it's absurd. Life is absurd. The fact that there's anything instead of nothing that just blows my mind. And so I can do all of this navel gazing and podcasting about what happens? What are these big questions that we're asking ourselves? And having spent time with friends over the last couple of days, just hanging out and letting kids run around and stuff. It's amazing how some of the stuff just completely bounces off of some people. I don't uh, expect everybody to be digging into all this stuff all the time because, frankly, I know that I have a problem with this. That I'm not. It it goes beyond productivity at a certain point. You know, it, neuroticism is just a justifiable form of narcissism. It's negative thoughts that you think about yourself. So, like the worry of what happens when I die, or what's going to happen, or how would I go out. This is uh, this is a reminder that. It's not all tragedy and hospital beds and flowers and wailing and gnashing of teeth that sometimes it's a donkey eating figs and selling their <laughs> slaves to get him some wine or a king that eats too much or a bird dropping a turtle on your head. There's just, There have always been dumb ways to go, and life is short. There's no guarantee. There's, we're all going to die. No matter in life what you try to do, you're dead too. So maybe don't take it so seriously. So stay tuned for next week. We'll do more summer break stuff. It'll be lighthearted and uh, still gearing up for what's coming uh, post-July. But thanks for sticking with me on the summer break. I hope you're having fun listening. And let me know. Find me on Twitter, Instagram. Send an email. Uh, Let me know your thoughts. Thanks. (music)